0: Welcome to the Fight Lawyer Podcast, where we discuss combat sports and the law. Our guest today is former WBA Super Welterweight Champion, Yuri Foreman. Yuri, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me on your show, Mitri. Let's talk a bit about your life, upbringing, how you got started in boxing. Well, um,. I started boxing
1: back in Soviet Union. Uh, it was in mid 80s, uh, like 87, to be exact, I was seven years old. Um, um, first, I've been bullied um, a couple of times in the swimming classes I was taking. Um, and my mom decided me, decided to take me to boxing gym so I'd be able to defend defend myself. Um, she was clearly uh open-minded Mother who thought that boxing would be actually good for uh, her son, which it is. Boxing is a really great sport. gave me confidence and gave me confidence uh, in protecting myself. And that's I went to the gym, and the love from the first sight.
0: (laughs) And you fought as an amateur in Israel, is that right?
1: Yeah, I fought. I fought. I had. I had. I think three. Or four amateur fights when I was a kid. Uh, if it's if it's considered uh, amateur experience at all, I was about eight nine years old. Um, and then in Israel, yeah, in Israel, was, uh, I've been an amateur. I had about fifty sixty fights.
0: Yeah. Now, You came to the United States and you chose Brooklyn, New York, to settle in. Why did you decide to call Brooklyn home?
1: Um. Since actually since. A childhood I wanted to be I already knew what I wanted to do in life I wanted to be a boxer. I wanted to be world champion and uh, and uh, uh, growing up let's say for for example in uh, in Israel you know um, sometimes my family immigrated 91 in 1991 with the biggest wave of uh, immigration immigration the immigrants from uh, former Soviet Union Republics so, um, always felt a kind of a second class citizen at that time. Um, it was interesting because, you know, in, in uh, it's interesting kind of a paradox. Uh, in Russia, if you are a Russian Jew, they call you Jew, Ajid, you know, you know, the word. Um, and in Israel, you know, they, everybody called me Russian, you know. It's only in Brooklyn, New York, in the United States, really, where nobody really gives a damn. Your background, who you are—they just not appreciating. They just appreciating for your talent, for who you are, um, and not not uh, your ethnicity.
0: Now, when did you say to yourself in the United States, or was that in Israel? Hey, I can make a career out of this.
1: Um. Well, I became a three-time national champion in Israel. Uh, been in international competitions. Um, and so forth. And, um, at, at some point I just realized I was already 18 years old and I, and I knew that I, wanna, I want to, um, I want to go further in my advance, more advanced in my career. And, uh, in Israel, boxing is not a very, very, uh, popular sport. And, um, and, and uh I just decided I need to go where boxing is popular, and the United States was the destination
0: How difficult was it to come here sign with a promoter, especially from a foreign country? How hard is it to get that yeah. process going
1: it's it's it is it's you know what it's um for everything it actually takes time you know if you just uh, stay focused and uh it was very difficult um i had uh i came close to uh, uh going back back to israel um but uh, i had this dream american dream which is actually working also from 95 and after that you go into boxing gym so about three four years of that in the beginning i had to i had job i was going i was amateur here and i took a slower process i started i wanted to get more experience as an amateur and then uh uh, when I won Golden Gloves, um, I was a little bit recognized already as in, in, at least in boxing circles, in amateur boxing circles, that my name. And then uh, there was a time that uh, it was time for me to make a pro debut, you know, turn professional and and go really pursuing my dream. So it was very difficult.
0: Were you sought after in terms of the promoters looking for you, or did you have to take efforts upon yourself to go find them in the United States?
1: Well, um, when I uh, when I won Golden Gloves in two thousand one, um, there was options already. Like there's a lot of a lot of promoters uh, used to come to big um, amateur events like Golden Gloves, New York Golden Gloves, you know, and uh, so there was already a uh, for me, it was a op- few options, uh, which promoter I could choose, you know. So so I was very happy. For me, it was just, you know, uh, starting a professional game. It was very exciting, a little bit scary, and uh, and something I, I was very determined on to pursue, you know.
0: You never went to the Olympics. Most people consider that the height of the amateur movement. Is there a reason? Was that a conscious choice, or did the timing just kind of not work out? It
1: was it was uh, conscious. No, it's not conscious. The thing is first of all I wanted to I wanted to be at least trying myself in the Olympic Games, the biggest amateur stage. Uh, but the timing was not there. I came already to the United States and uh I was still part of uh um, national team of Israel, but uh, I was already here. Already kinda for me it was difficult at that time to go back and compete and qualify for Olympics. So I already decided to settle uh, to settle here.
0: Now, you turned professional. In 2009, you were at the height of your game. You were a champion of the world. There were rumors of you fighting Manny Pacquiao. That fight never yeah. materialized. Why was that yeah. so? How do you think you would have went?
1: Uh, with Manny Pacquiao? Listen, um, um, I am at... Even now, I'm confident. You know, any step I make, I at least I think in my mind that 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 I'm going to be victorious, or at least giving giving him a championship fight. You know, to the people uh, who's going to watch or would watch, and uh, and just in general, you know, um, being a boxer is we're not really predicting, but we are confident in our abilities. And uh, when you go into the fight, and you are not sure of your success or of your abilities then then you already lost the fight you know that's just uh uh how it works you know so me fighting mini Pacquiao, I, I was actually when it was in the rumors rumors the circle and i was very hopeful of this uh of this fight
0: how do you think it would have went with the speed difference the height difference you're obviously a lot bigger than him he would have been moving up in weight i think um I think
1: the strategy wise, uh, well, he is a puncher and also box, but, um, I consider myself a good, a good, I have a good mobility, a good, uh, a good, uh, technical fighter. I think it would be, um, I mean, listen right now, I, I could tell you that I think I would, wi- I would win. Um, um, but again, um, it's the fight that never happened. Um, I, we can, I just can't argue, you know.
0: Right, but the fight that did happen it, in 2010, you fought Miguel Cotto at Yankee Stadium. The biggest fight yeah. of your career by far. How different was that experience than fighting all the fights you had beforehand, which some of which were big fights, but nothing on that stage? It was,
1: first of all, it was the first fight at the Yankee Stadium. I mean, you mm-hmm. knew new Yankee Stadium. The previous fight that I had was Ali, and I believe Ken Norton. Uh, so it was a little bit of a historical event, and uh, and I was the first Israeli world champion defending uh, world title on this biggest stage. So for me, it was uh, 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 huge, you know, uh, fighting someone also like Miguel Cotto, the great, great champion, great fighter it was also very important for me um, to fight someone like that. Um, So in terms of that, it was huge in terms of actual fight. um, Fight really uh, didn't really went, of course, my way. uh, And really, I don't know how many things happen like this in in, in the game, but my knee popped out. You know, I just, I tore my ACL and, if you fight Miguel Cotto, you actually need two two knees, two good knees, you know. Um, and uh, it's really I consider it in my books as more of an unfinished business um, than than actual uh, loss that he beat. It, it was if I would had of course um, a choice to make a rematch with him, I would love, of course, to have a rematch. Uh, but again, it was already what seven years ago.
0: That's right. How different is the time commitment in terms of the marketing? Was there a clear difference going into this fight in terms of preparation?
1: Preparation? Um, it's the same preparation for uh, a more or less same preparation than all the fights. Of course, fighting Miguel Cotto, you have to have different sparring partner, partners uh, and really staying uh, Staying on top of your preparation and your rest and your diet and, and strength and conditioning. And more important is is, is staying, uh, having this, maintaining this uh, mental, uh, mental uh, focus, you know.
0: After yeah. the CODO fight, you underwent surgery. You mentioned that you, you injured your knee, aggravated a knee injury. Yeah. Now, New York State mm-hmm. recently passed legislation requiring promoters to take out a one million dollar insurance policy for certain injuries. How important mm-hmm. is that for the government bodies to make sure that the boxers are treated properly for all the injuries suffered in the ring?
1: I really well, you know what? It's um it's a kind of double edged sword, you know. I think every fighter should have insurance. You know, insurance and be insured and God forbid having anyone anyone getting hurt in the rink. Uh, it should be definitely a uh, 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 help, all necessary help to uh, fighters. You know, um, the state athletic commission, I, I remember, what is that? Two years now already. Uh, this, this whole uh, rumors about uh, they trying to kill the sport of boxing with this $1 million, uh, uh, uh uh, uh, um policy requirement. this one million dollar policy requirement um so you know it's it should be done that everyone but it's not it should not be done in a way that it would uh kind of forbid New York fighters fighting actually in New York you know it should be always all possible but it makes sure that the the health of a fighter
0: uh, is protected. As somebody that suffered injuries, what advice would you give to younger fighters, fighters coming up in terms of treating their bodies, healing themselves, giving themselves time away from the ring? What advice would you give somebody coming up now?
1: Really, to be a professional, you know, it's, uh, it's being in, uh, in, uh, really knowing your body, you know, when you need to rest, when you need to train, uh, when you need to train and when you need to rest, uh. Most fighters, a lot of fighters, are younger at least, and younger. I mean, not by just by the age, but uh, less experience. You know, um, resting is also as important. You know, and sometimes when you're going nine, uh, 0 to sixty for long, long, uh, uh, period, uh, long time, uh, long periods of time, oh, you just your body just give up. You know, and it affects your performance in the ring. So rest. And, uh, rest is also equals healing, you know, your body heals at that time. If you just abuse it, um, there's always going to, some injuries pop up here and there. Um, so I would say right now, um, everybody need to take their supplements, which is, which permitted by, by the athletic commission and, uh, and right diet and,
0: uh, and the rest. So in 2014, you stepped away from the sport. You indicated you signed harmful contract. What can fighters yeah. do to avoid those pitfalls? Is it better lawyers, better managers, better promoters?
1: Always, 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 always having, a, I would say, a friend who is a lawyer who can look at it. <laughs> and not, not stepping, not stepping, because uh, also realizing that a lot of people, uh, a lot of wolves wearing sheepskin and pretending to be ships, you know, um, there are some really people that that treating people like a piece of meat, especially in a sport like boxing uh just seen just seen a couple of days ago a quote by Joe Frazier, which is I find it very very funny in the same time, but ironic and kind of tragic as well um uh, The quote goes like this: "Boxing is the only sport where your brain when your brain is shook, your money took." And your name is an Undertaker's book. <laughs> so it's kinda funny, but it's 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 also true, you know. Um um and sad. So need to protect yourself. Uh, just as the referee says, uh in the middle of the before the first round starts. Uh you have to protect yourself at all times. No, it's also considered also protecting yourself outside the ring.
0: And how do most fighters go about that? Is that something that the managerial teams are supposed to take care of, the promoters? Who's responsible for that? Not legally, but at least morally or socially or in terms of the business model.
1: Well, you know, socially, morally, in terms of business models, could be all three different topics here. Um, moral Morality is also, it's interesting, there's an the inner morality and there's the outer morality. The outer morality is, is in the name of business you can screw another person you know in the name of business you uh, one person been fooled to sign this contract and and it's all legal i did not i did not do anything wrong you know so in terms of in terms of that um, uh, that's one issue you know morality is is a very it's a very tr- tricky thing you know um it just every fighter have to really protect themselves and not tr- to be overly trust, trusty, trusting people, you know, um, uh, and, and sorry to saying that, but you have to really not trust everyone. You know, everybody come with a smiling face and they're trying to help the make, make, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, and the, the next great thing out of you, you know, they give you a sign here, you know, we're going to go all the way up or to the top, you know, it's, it's sad because it's, in most cases it doesn't doesn't ever ever uh work like that
0: now staying on the topic of morality i know you decided to go to rabbinical school years ago some people yeah. would wonder how you can reconcile that your religious commitments with such a vicious sport is there a way mm-hmm. you reconcile it what was the reason that you decided to go to rabbinical school
1: well you know um again uh uh, the reason for me to start uh, rabbinical school it was uh, also uh, separate from boxing. Uh, first of all, when I was uh, growing up in Israel, I was non non uh, non religious person you know at all, uh, and uh, never been even interested in that. But actually, uh, now in boxing, uh, as you combine your physical activities. Also, with strengthening your I would say spiritual side, you know you have each human is consist of spiritual, half of spiritual, half of physical, you know um, strong soul, a big soul have to be in a strong body, you know, but it have to be also a harmony where you train, so to speak, your yourself in the gym, and you also develop your spiritual awareness, um, which is very important. So for me that was very important. Uh, that's why I took upon myself and hopefully in near future, the, at least rabbinical diploma is, help, will help me to approach people, kids, young kids, young adults, um, Jews or non-Jews, uh, and, uh, somehow to motivate them to move, you know, to make, hopefully to motivate them to be a better, bigger personalities, bigger people, um, uh, so for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very close to my heart, something that I want to do, uh, after boxing and reconciling with, the uh, sport like boxing, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it is vicious, you know, um, so, so is American football is very vicious, um, every sport that has, uh, physical contact, football, basketball, there is always prone to injuries. Um, uh, boxing is is first of all also been known as art of defense not art of offense you know <laughs> so it's art of defense for me i look at boxing as more of a chess play you know not as taking someone's head off um, and uh, in terms of morality is is something you take risk and your opponent opponent takes risk and um and for me it's is something that i like i, I love to do and And in the end, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know, and I think God okay with that as well. I don't think he's a boxing fan, but you know what, if he, God knows me better than
0: I know myself and he, and he sees that I love boxing, then what the heck, kid, do it. (laughs) That's right. Now you're 37 years old now. What are your plans Mm -hmm. after you definitively leave the sport? Is it boxing or is it purely religious work?
1: Um, I wouldn't say purely religious work. Um, uh, first of all i don't i don't really quite sure what is purely religious work would mean, but uh, when I'm done with boxing, I wanna continue definitely do something with boxing in terms of maybe working with people somehow uh, i boxing have so much great qualities in terms of first of all boxing brings people together you know i don't know if you 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 went to boxing matches before you see you see in the crowd. Uh, people of all type, of uh, all all kind of ethnic groups, all kind of religious groups. There is Muslims, there is Jews sitting side by side, Christians, Hindus, everyone. You know, everybody. Sport unites people. You know, boxing unites people, um, and through that also you can connect uh, to people to their inner selves. You know, and uh, and uh, to perhaps if they open enough and they would like. Let's say uh, um, uh, I don't know to be a little bit more elevated. I'm sure you can uh, you can tweak few uh, things here and there and 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 motivate them. You know, motivate them to be more aware, more of uh, more of really bigger people. You know, bigger not the size. I mean, big as 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 I would say, big spirit
0: that's right now i know you train some fighters now is that a career that you may look to in the future is this something that you're naturally good at or just something that kind of you're interested in and you do you do it at the gym
1: i i do it in the gym sometimes Uh, first of all i like to work with people i like meeting new people um i think uh, also seeing the progress let's say people um, have some issues let's say they're trying to lose weight and they and you see trying to motivate them to lose weight, and they they're changing you know they're changing they're they lose weight, their personality changes, they become much more happier, they become much more uh, just way cooler people to hang out with you know and uh, and it makes me happy It makes me happy it's not just not just that I'm you know spending time with them training. We have wish moves, we have you know a great time, but also see their results. it's something uh, priority.
0: Now, I'm always interested in asking boxers, with all the health risks involved in the sport, especially some of the mm. things that were uncovered recently with some other fighters, if your kids ever wanted to approach you and say, hey, I, wanted a, I want to start a career in boxing, how would you react mm. to that?
1: Well, uh, first of all, my kids also have some kind of independence. you know, they can uh, they can uh, um, they listen, They every every person in the world, they at least had dream, they wanna do something, they should try, you know. In boxing, is, 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 it's not like a college, you know. College, you can go five years and realizing that in the end, whatever you learn, you don't wanna even do uh, whatever you just learned. You got some diploma, and you still don't wanna, you wanna be a musician instead. Um, in boxing, it's very simple. It's not as time-consuming as colleges. Uh, you come to the gym, you really like it, you get hit in the head once, uh, and then you realize it real quickly, it's not mine. Or if you get hit once and then you're like, oh, I want to give this guy back, you know. And so, um, in, uh, in that respect, you know, if my kid approached me and, and, and says that, daddy, I don't like myself in boxing. Okay. Let's see. Let's first train, you know, before first fighting, there's a lot of, uh, commitment to it. And boxing is, uh, is really a sport as, uh, could be considered as, let's say, uh almost like having a relationship with, you know, like a relationship with your wife or your girlfriend, you know. You mistreat, you mistreat this girlfriend or wife, she's going to turn around and slap you, you know, Um because there's no shortcuts. Commitment, you know, commitment. You have to wake up in the morning or in the evening you have to run. In the morning you run, you go into the gym, you know, um and you have to rest and then and still have to do your homeworks, you know, if you're a kid. So, and then see, you really want it or not. Because if he's half-heartedly approaching, uh, let's say, his first fight, then there'll be no fight.
0: You mentioned wives. Uh, I know your wife is also an athlete. Do you think it helps, hurts when you're a professional boxer, your wife's a professional athlete? Do you think it's helpful uh, to be married to someone in that environment? Well...
1: First of all, there's only one professional athlete in my family, it's me. My wife is not professional, but she's doing it, uh, I would say, a more of a health. She just want uh, um, to be in a good condition and everything. But in general, asking your, uh, answering your question is uh, when there's a couple, one is professional athlete and, and your family in general is sporty. It's definitely it's a plus-plus.
0: What are you doing now? Where can people go to find more about you, find about your upcoming fights? How do you get in contact with you?
1: Uh, Listen, it's uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Actually, remove Twitter. Twitter, I'm hardly ever there. Instagram and Facebook. That's, I would say, and um, I do have um, a website. Um, It's co slash WordPress. It's kind of a blog um which which also going to get uh I'm going to be more of a consistent in in that aspect in terms of listen I'm um, I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, a not I wouldn't say uh, I don't know old school but I really have to learn to be more of I see a lot of fighters pimping themselves you know sorry for the word pimping but I I just don't know how to do it and I don't feel comfortable doing it usually um so, yeah, so I would say, seeing my progress, uh, it's, it's a, I would say, Facebook
0: or Instagram. Thank you, Yuri. Thanks so much once again. Take care. Thank you. And that's our interview with Yuri Foreman. I hope you had a good time. Thanks so much for listening. My name's Dimitri Shaknovich, and if you want to learn more about me, please visit www.dshacklaw.com. And this is the Fight Lawyer Podcast. Till next time, folks.